is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It's me, your boy Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-hosts Adam and Matt. How we doing, good buddies? We miss that good. We miss that good intro. Yeah, I feel like my intro has been getting better. I like you're getting better there. and better. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's so better, better when it's better when Max doesn't cause me laughing pain before you do it. Yes, that's true. That's when God. When Adam has the capabilities of responding, it's it's kind of helpful. Um, yeah, I mean, a your your chops are getting way better on the intros, and b I don't have to do the intros always, anyways. You know, it's just I put it on autopilot, turn my brain off, and it just an intro it just happens. happens. Yeah, and we're it's like kicking word vomit, but more eloquent. Yeah, we're I mean, uh, I did end up missing last week. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, but we are back this week, and we got Ooh. plenty to talk about here. And we have the end of the episode. A uh, what what are we calling it? Deal or no deal? Is that word? Yeah, deal or no deal. Oh, uh, I've got it. a bunch yeah. of trades, and we'll uh, we'll we'll get to that when we get to it. But it should be fun. I'm curious to see what you guys think of my crockpot idea of trades. Yeah, usually when Adam has an idea at about five a.m., we kind of just roll with it uh, because usually it's gold. So we're just gonna kind of kind of make this happen as it goes. But we obviously have some news before that that we're gonna get into. Uh, want to lead off with Chicago Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taze uh, wound up announcing on Sunday that he's dealing with the symptoms of long COVID and chronic immune response syndrome. He hasn't played since January 28th. Um, he said, quote, it has been really challenging to play through these symptoms in the last few weeks. It has reached the point where I had no choice but to step back and concentrate on getting healthy. I am thankful for the patience and support of my teammates, the coaching staff, and the entire Blackhawks organization. Uh, this is this is a tough, tough situation for Jonathan Taze because if if we remember, he missed the entire 2020-2021 season uh, with a chronic immune, immune response uh, disorder, which it appears is either back or there's something else going on. Um, at this point, we thought we were going to be talking about Jonathan Taze on a trade block. Uh, but it looks like we're going to be talking about Jonathan Taze if he'll play hockey again, unfortunately. Um, so what what do you think, um, as far as the Blackhawks Black Hawk, Black organization right now, what do you think that they can kind of do um, as far as, as their organization right now? The captain's out with some serious health concerns. John, uh, Patrick Kane doesn't really want to be there. The organization's flopping all over the place. Um, what, do you, what do you guys think? Obviously, you know, thoughts and and prayers are with Jonathan Taze and his family. But as the Blackhawks organization, where do you go from here as one of your high-value trade pieces uh, might not play hockey again? It's a tough spot. I mean, you're, like, do you look at a, a team that's going to sell, like, most of their good pieces? Like, is Mac, are they going to look to move Max Domi, who's, I think, leading their team in points? Um, Seth Jones, another good example of did they move him or not like how much are they willing to you know move off on these players that being said like we're talking about moving off on these players they just signed max domi through like a multi-year contract just this off season Mm -hmm. so it's like they're not i don't know if they're really like committed with stuff so it's kind of interesting to see and what's going to happen I can yeah. confirm Domi does uh, lead the Blackhawks with 42 points this season in 55 games. 
Yeah, Adam, what are what are your thoughts about the the Blackhawks situation as of right now, given what's happening with Taze? And uh, we'll get into Patty Kane shortly, but uh, just specifically, one of one of the large two that they had as far as trade value uh, has been cut in half. It's uh, it's definitely a blow for a team that I think is definitely looking to rebuild right now. Um, from everything I have heard to to Fish's point about Domi, it does sound like they're looking to trade him. I've heard his name thrown about um on a, on a couple of occasions as far as someone they're looking to uh, move, um, which now could get mm-hmm. exasperated, giving that Taves isn't going to get moved or it could mean that he's going to stick around for a little bit. Um, I don't want to speculate, but there was a part of my brain that I don't want to say this was convenient because that's definitely not the right word to use, but I almost got the sense that it's a 180 of the Patrick Kane situation, Patrick Kane, and we're going to talk about it more in depth, but for all intents and purposes, he's got one foot out the door. Jonathan Taves and his trade front has been pretty quiet. Like there was really never any discussion about that. And now that he's hurt or not, uh, now that he's sick and dealing with um, the, the COVID, the, the long COVID, I almost wonder if this is a Marion Hosa esque situation where Hosa had the allergic reaction to his gear that ultimately ended his career and allowed him to retire as a Blackhawk. And I almost wonder if it's a similar situation with Jonathan Taves right now. I I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to speculate, but that's kind of the conspiracy theory weird part of my brain saying that this is a little weird, that it's kind of coming up out of nowhere. Right. I mean, it's not it's not too far off considering he did miss a full season due to the these happenings. But I do agree with you. It's it's one of those situations where maybe he's just in in retirement time it's just he can't really uh play to the caliber he wants to play anymore um and you know he is feeling a bit run down and maybe it's just because he is uh, a bit too old to be doing it um and his body's telling him yo we got to retire and this is one of his ways to step down as a as as a blackhawk still um it's just as the organization that I mean, I know that the Jonathan Tays stuff was pretty soft as far as the trade market was concerned. Um, but he was definitely a piece you could have moved for some sort of value. Now you got you pretty much have to look at, you know, moving Domi as he does lead the team in goals and points. Um, you have to kind of look at moving him and Patrick Kane, hopefully separately, but maybe together. Cause you know, there was a chance that Kane and Tays could have been moved together in some sort of deal, but um, now you really got to start looking at your highest point getter getting traded as well, just for value for further down the road. So, you know, unfortunately that leaves the Blackhawks in a pretty rough situation from, from where they are. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're bottom of the league tied with, uh, yeah, tied with Arizona and Columbus. They're bottom pits of the league right now. And it's just not looking like it's going to get any better. So, uh, but since we're already talking about it, might as well talk about the Patrick Kane situation. That is five goals in his last three games reheating the market on him a lot of people thought he was going to be going to toronto however obviously toronto netted a very large deal that we would be getting into soon um however with this happening right now with the last you know 72 hours being incredible for patrick kane as far as his talent and 
him showing teams that he still got it. What do you think about uh, the the Patrick Kane market heating back up? I've heard uh, a lot of teams in on uh, back in on him. Uh, Vegas, Edmonton, Dallas, uh, the surging Islanders seem to be a new contestant Ooh. into the Kane um, into the Kane realm. Um, what what do you guys think about that? I mean, I, I if I'm one of the teams that is looking to get better, because I feel like those teams you've listed off are in a position where it's like they need to make a move to really think that they have a chance. <clears throat> uh, yeah, and like, I mean, Vegas is going through something with Mark Stone. You know, they're putting, they just put him on LTIR. Um, they I it probably make more sense for them to look for cheaper options. Like a lot cheaper options, like you know, rentals, right? Because if you get if you get Patrick Kane, he's gonna finish his career with your team. So it's like that's where I think you would like, like, see like an LA like him going to the Kings just makes sense to me. I I don't know why. I mean, they got they're kind of doing their own thing. They're being patient with some of their young players, but like. They're in the wild card mix. Like I, they're in the wild card mix or at the bottom three of their division, but they're in a playoff spot. Um, so I just think it makes sense for him to go to the Kings. Because yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from there, but uh, especially because the Kings have actually surged recently here, and they're second in the Pacific. Second, okay. So you yeah. know they've kind of dug themselves. I mean, obviously it's really tight in the West right now. Like the last wild card spot, I think is. Only, yeah, only five points away from Los Angeles. Uh, so it's really tight in the West right now. Uh, so I could totally see Patrick Kane going to someone like the Kings to kind of help boost them forward. But that's also why I'm here in Vegas as well, because Vegas is first in the Pacific, only one point ahead of the Kings. So, I I mean, it, it does look like there's a lot of teams in the West with a lot of interest in what Patrick Kane is selling. And, uh, you know, that like I said, Edmonton, Vegas, Dallas, all three teams in the West, really, really only one team in the East seems to really be biting on him. And that's, and that's the Isles. And that's really a new um, happening recently because the Islanders really were pretty, pretty outside looking in, in the wild card. Then they've just recently surged forward. Um, and, you know, now they're in fourth in the Metro as it stands. So um, Adam, what about, what about you? What are, what are your thoughts on the Patrick Kane scenario and where he stands right now? It's definitely heated up. I mean, um, I know with the soon-to-be-talked-about Ryan O'Reilly deal, um, I had to rearrange our trade board just a smidge. Just and, a smidge. Um, with all the uh, the happenings going on, he's been boosted up quite a bit. I think I actually ended up boosting him into, like, the fourth or fifth spot. Because um, to me, it seems like an almost foregone conclusion that he will be dealt. It's just a matter of, where and when um but i liked i was listening to 32 thoughts last night and earlier today and i think elliot friedman put it perfectly that kane's playing pissed off like he's not happy about the hip he's not happy about not getting traded to new york um that was pretty evident when he talked about that um and he's just overall not happy right now and I think playing with that bit of a chip on your shoulder will, for some players, especially to someone of Kane's caliber, 
add another level to your game. And I think that's what we're seeing with these five goals in his last three. So it's going to be interesting. Vegas will probably take a swing, but I have a weird feeling he might end up as a Dallas star. Um, That to me just kind of seems like the fit. Um, Him playing alongside Tyler Sagan and possibly Jamie Benn, I think would be a good fit. Um, It's a team that's, I think, punching above their weight class, but they want to continue on that momentum. And the Kings are more of a rebuilder. I don't think they're going to want a 33-year-old, 33-year-old Patrick King? Or is he 32? Yeah, they're not going to want a 33-year-old Patrick Kane outside of maybe for the veteran experience, but they still have their vets. They still have Dowdy. They still have Kopitar. Um, I feel like there's somebody else on that roster I'm missing. Um, Jonathan Quick will throw in there. Right. It's mainly Um, them. And Quick hasn't even been playing much. He's, uh, well, that's because Phoenix Coppoli has been playing out of his mind. (laughs) But that's still a veteran in the locker room that someone can lean on. Um, especially three guys that have won Stanley Cups. So I don't know if they necessarily need to add that fourth. I think someone like Dallas could really utilize that other voice in the locker room on top of a former Stanley Cup champion. I just don't know what they give up. Yeah, I would be inclined to agree with you, mostly because the the Kings, right, in the situation they're in, I don't think they anticipated to be this good this year. Uh, I know they anticipated to be turned around and be competitive in the next two or three years, but maybe this, maybe this is a bit faster than they had anticipated. So I don't know if they're looking at adding another veteran into the lineup, uh, but maybe more relying on the youth movement and the veterans that they have, agreeing with Adam there. Um, but yeah, I could see Dallas being quite the fit for Patrick Kane, considering that team is pretty much all young. Obviously, they have Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. But how about that for a power play line one, you know, Ben, ben sure. Sagan and Patrick Kane. I'll take it any day of the week for sure. Um, however, let's remember this is all in his hands. He dictates if he leaves or if he stays. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, Chicago cannot really shop him around without his uh, blessing, which, you know, he wanted to go to New York and made that very clear. And that didn't get done. So that's that's kind of something that, yeah, he's playing pissed off and he's playing really well while he's pissed off. So interesting to see how long that chip on his shoulder stays. And if he goes somewhere like Dallas, does he still have a little bit of animosity towards what transpired? And does he still play pissed off and play really well for a team like that? Um, But obviously, I feel like we'd be amiss if we didn't think that, you know, Vegas has a pretty good shot of landing him because, well, it's Vegas. They love getting the biggest fish in the pond. And right now he is the biggest fish in the pond other than Tamu Meyer. And I believe yeah, Vegas is already it. in on Tamu Meyer. So uh yeah. I think I've heard that too. So they're they're looking to land a fish. Its size does not matter. They're just looking to make a splash. So I'd be interested to see what happens there. But uh, I could see LA or Dallas. I, I like what both of you guys have there in your heads. Uh, I'm leaning a bit more towards uh, I think the better fit would be Dallas. Um, But this has Vegas coming from the clouds written all over it for no reason at all. Um, Just because that's what they do, you know? Yeah, the tracks. Yeah. Um, But obviously, you know, a lot of people are pointing to Patrick Kane going to Toronto after the Rangers thing fell through. And, uh, you know, I'd be inclined to agree if Toronto didn't just orchestrate a 
massive three-team deal that landed them Ryan O'Reilly and Noel Achari, um, as well as uh, uh, what is what is his name? Some Josh Pillar. Ja- Pillar? Josh Pillar. Um, Pillar. Getting him from the Wild, sending out a bunch of picks, and I, um, I have the full prospect deal Mikhail like Abramov. Um, and look, Toronto. <laughs> wanted a guy they got a guy and ryan o'reilly is the guy they ended up with do i think that he's the better move than going after kane in a way kind of what what do you guys think about that do you think ryan o'reilly was a better move for this toronto team than patrick kane totally 100 percent. i think it was a better move because look at their middle like their top three centers are matthews Tavares, o'reilly like that's their top three centers dude. that's nutty <laughs> is like that's pretty stacked up the middle, and um, you know it's, it's it's another one of those things. It's like we see Toronto make a move to get better, and on paper they get better. Um, I think they took a bad L, but they won their first game with them in the lineup on their home ice. So it's also it's going to come down to I mean it's pretty much set in stone that the Leafs are going to face the Lightning first round again. So. You know, is that enough to get past them? Should be, right? Yeah, I mean, you you hope so, because Toronto seems to always press the correct buttons to become a better team. It just seems like it never works out when it gets to the playoffs. Um, And here's just another example of them pressing the right buttons. They got a great center in Ryan O'Reilly. Sure, it's kind of... Uh, interesting to see what's going to happen because he's a, a pending unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. Um, but, you know, St. Louis is going to retain 50% of that salary while Minnesota is going to retain an additional 25%. So they're only paying 25% of his salary right now to get a grade A center, former captain of the team that he was on. You know, you bring in a veteran leader, somebody who's won a cup before. This is huge for that locker room in Toronto because that's a team that has experienced many, 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 many playoff failures and in some of the worst ways imaginable. Um, so well, to I mean, have a guy like Ryan O'Reilly who's taken the worst team in the NHL at the All-Star break to a Stanley Cup victory is huge for that that Toronto team right now who, as it stands, is still obviously one of the best teams in the league. 76 points in second in the Atlantic. But we know what happens when they reach the playoffs, and it's nothing good. So this is a – I think it's a perfect move for Toronto, and I think that's I'm, – I'm happy that they didn't go for the the sparkle and the shine of a Patrick Kane acquisition and decided to go with the really smart one and orchestrate a deal to land themselves Ryan O'Reilly. Um, Adam, what do you think? Uh, it, it's an interesting move. Um, I know I had heard early on that they were interested in Timo Meyer as well. Um, but I'm going to guess if there was any conversations between Greer and Dubas, it just they either couldn't make the money work or they didn't want to pay a lot for someone that they might very well not be able to keep come uh, the end of the season. Um, but it's definitely going to make the scene better. I read a really interesting stat that I think this is the fourth or fifth captain the Leafs have traded for in the last four or five years. Um but they paid a hell of a package to get him, and it's going to be interesting. I liked – I thought when I heard the trade, they were going to go 
Matthews, Tavares, O'Reilly down the middle. And then when I looked at daily faceoff and saw they had Ryan O'Reilly as the second line center and John Tavares as the winger, I said, oh, why am I scared? <laughs> yeah, I mean. And it paid off. We saw that set play the other night where he stretched past to Marner, who scored a gorgeous goal. I think that was actually the play of the game yesterday. Um, so it, it's an interesting move. I just kind of hope for Dubas it pays off because he's on a contract year. And he paid and a it's lot. Gonna be, it's going to be a real slap in the dick if Ryan O'Reilly doesn't like want to re-sign. You know? Like, say it does happen again. Say Toronto fails yet again in the playoffs. And it leaves a sour taste in Ryan O'Reilly's mouth. And he's like, you want to know what? I'm just going to test the open market. That would suck. 100% suck, suck, suck for the Toronto Maple Leafs because they gave up so much to get him. Uh, my guess on the Tamu Meyer thing, because obviously I think that would be the best move they could have pulled off. My guess is that the Sharks wanted some like top-end talent, and I don't think Toronto even possesses top-end talent to give. So I was hearing um, basically any deal that would have been Timo to Toronto would have to have involved Matthew Nyes. Yeah. Um, the, the top – was he played for Michigan, I think? Yeah. Um, they're, they're their top prospect who a lot of people have touted as a really good forward, um, which I would not sneeze at if that was the deal. But I don't think Toronto is willing to move him. They're trying to do whatever they can to avoid moving him, and I think that's what this deal was. It's going to be interesting because as far as the Sharks and Timo go, I feel like from what I gather, Greer might be looking more at draft capital than replacement capital. Um, I mean, obviously you want to get a prospect if you can, but I feel like he's looking to stockpile on draft picks and rebuild through there than necessarily going through and getting high-end talent that can either replace Timo real quick or just shoving the minors for a season or two. Right, right. Well, I mean, obviously all eyes are still currently on where Timo Meyer is going to wind up. Um, and the options right now seem to be endless. But um, I wake we're... up every morning terrified I'm going to see a Timo Meyer deal. I'm going to hate <laughs> Yeah, I look, every morning. I hope, it, I hope it really pans out for the Sharks because this is this is one of those turning points in a for an organization when you are unfortunately in a situation where you have to unload one of your biggest talents. What kind of return do you get back, and will that return shoot you forward into a, a good future? Uh, like, don't do what the Flyers did with Claude Giroux. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just do the exact opposite. Well, it's maybe even great worse. Great player, no one tip it. Owen Tippett's and not that good. He's a dude, good third-line player on a good ridiculous. team. He's going to be a great player. He's going to be a great okay. player. I believe I, And then they get um, a first-round pick for him, too. I'm inclined to agree with Fish on this one. I'm not going to lie. I do low-key like Owen Tippett. Look, I'm not saying I don't like Owen Tippett. I'm just saying he's not Claude Giroux. Oh, yeah, no, obviously not. But, like, every good team has that one key player that helps them go over the edge, and I think Owen Tippett can be that. Owen Tippett is the Barkley Goudreau to the Flyers Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay. Oh, first of all. That, the, yeah, no, I don't think that English on. track. Did that you know feel wrong coming out of your mouth? Because it felt yes, wrong. Yes, it did. <laughs> it, it did feel wrong, but you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I hear you. I do. But the, the, the problem there is that uh, you have the support piece to support nothing. 
Well, see, that's I, listen. I didn't say the GM's doing it right. I'm just saying you've got your Barkley Goodrow. That's, <laughs> um, that's what I'm saying. But yeah, I mean, talking You're... about GMs to to reel this back into the Toronto deal there. What what do you think would happen if this does happen again, where they fail yet again in the playoffs, and Ryan O'Reilly decides to test the free agent market, and Kyle Dubas is sitting there and he just traded away what four different picks and a player, uh, I believe. Is it? It was two players um, and four picks, yes. Yeah. In total. Yeah, a 2023 first round, a 2023 third round, and a 2024 second round. And a player. And then and Minnesota got the 2025 fourth round of Toronto. Right. So all of that to acquire Nolachari, Ryan O'Reilly, and uh, Josh Piller. And say O'Reilly walks at the end of the season because – Toronto Toronto's and you're left with all of that traded away for Nola Chari and Josh Piller. I don't know, man. He would have to be fired, right? Like it would that's that's the thing. I don't know because I don't think he's the problem. Mm. Yes, this was his giant home run swing to get the the, the Leafs better. I almost said the Flyers. Um, to get the lease better, um, but I don't know because I feel like this is another situation that the lease have put me and their fans in, where it's like you guys are so good, run it back one more year. What's the worst that can happen? It's true. It's true, and I don't really think it's his fault either. Uh, but do you think that the heat will finally be off of Kyle Dubis if he? Gets into the second round. So they even lose in the second round. Oh, but they yeah. get into the second round. Absolutely. They'll probably plan a parade for Dubas just for getting out of the second round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think from everything I've heard, and most of it's through the Steve Dangle podcast, but for all intents and purposes, I think the least fans just want out of the first round. I don't, I mean, obviously you want to win the Stanley Cup. That's everyone wants that. But for a team and a fan base that has been so deprived of playoff hockey, or second round playoff hockey, I should correct. That's all they want. Just get us yeah. out of the first round. Because you never know what's going to happen once you get out of the first round. And I'm not going to lie to you. I have a weird part of my brain that thinks O'Reilly wants to stay in Toronto and might take a Mark Giordano-esque deal to do it. Oh, really? Because what is Gio making? Like nine and a half thousand? Let me see. Or 950000 Let me see. It's a stupid contract for someone of Geo's stature, which, sidebar, I feel like he broke the NHL record for block shots. Yeah, he's on a two-year 1.6 mil, uh, so it's a cap hit of 800000 That's insane. Yeah, that, that is nuts. And, and especially for... I know that he's older. He's almost 40, but like... The defensive output you get from him, I know he doesn't have the legs yeah. that he used to, but he'll get in front of any shot that you ask him to get in front of. Put it this way. He's a 40-year-old that can still crack a starting NHL line. Yeah. I mean, Patrick Marlowe did that, but not for nothing. I think part of that was because of uh, the game's played record. Um, but even still, he was able to compete. I don't think he was necessarily terrible on the ice that last season he had. But for Gio to be 40 as a defenseman and still produce at a level that he can get into the lineup every night, 
saying something. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, I Look, I think Mark Giordano is a great talent, and I also think that Ryan O'Reilly is a great talent. And if they can get Ryan O'Reilly on a Mark Giordano-esque deal, say like... I will lose my mind. Say like three or four years at 900,000 uh, the uh, cap hit. How old is he? Ryan O'Reilly? 32. I think so. He might ask for more than that. 32, 32. Yeah, he might ask for a little more than that. Unless he really wants to stay. I don't know. You're playing with Matthews. You do get to play with Matthews, and if they do find success in the playoffs this year? I don't know. I'm scared. (laughs) Look, it's it's really going to be an interesting thing to follow, and that's why this deal is being talked about so much, because a lot of people are looking at this as the final nail in what could be Dubas's coffin if they don't make it out of the first round again. Because you just shipped off four picks and and a, a prospect talent to get a guy in Ryan O'Reilly who's 32 years old coming off of uh, you know his best stint in the NHL in St. Louis as the captain, as a Stanley Cup winner. Um, and you need to win in the first round because you're already on the hot seat. That's why this is one of the biggest deals so far in the trade deadline is because all of the implications that it holds for the front office in Toronto. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, but man, that that lineup up the middle, that's, that's some shit right there. That is some shit. I just, thinking about Ryan O'Reilly on that team does scare me, but I really, I really feel like I just want to, I want to pull for the the Maple Leafs just to make it to the second round, damn it. Just do something. You can't have a lineup this talented and do nothing. And same goes for you, Edmonton. Same goes for you. Do something with these lineups before I pull my hair out. Got a lot of hair, buddy. It's good. I do. I got a lot of hair. So there's there's time, but like not a lot of it, right? Like I have to sit down night in and night out and watch a mediocre hockey team be mediocre. And you guys have all the talent in the world. Edmonton, you have literal second coming of Ginger Christ. Okay. (laughs) For everything holy. Please do something in the playoffs. Okay. What? Oh. God. Um, but yeah, Ooh. obviously massive deal and a lot to uh to take away from that. Um, but mostly is is that this this could be very influential to how Toronto looks next year, depending on what happens in the playoffs. Um, all right, uh some more injury news before we uh keep on trucking. Uh Matthew Barzal is injured. Um, unfortunately, it appears um he is out indefinitely with a lower body injury the team announced on Monday, um, which is a really tough blow to an Isles team that uh, has kind of gone on a little bit of a, a little bit of a winning streak here recently. Um, but then, you know, it's as soon as he got hit and I don't know what period it was in, but excuse me, but they lost six, two to the Bruins. Uh, they were able to bounce back and get a W uh, last night, but you know, you're, you're looking at it and you're like, okay, this team was kind of on a roll there. In their last 10, they were 6-2-2. Two, and two. They're back in the playoff picture in the East, and then there goes one of their most prolific players and best talents. Is I this the time cool. when you look at Patty Kane? I'm, 
lot of, lot of things. I don't know. I feel like Lou Lamarella already made his move. Like, I think he likes his team and he made his move. So I don't think he doesn't like his team and he right. doesn't want to make another move. Like, quiet Patrick Kane. He's in this tough spot, Patrick Kane is. It's like he wants out, but he's got this big old contract that no one really wants to touch. Yeah, it's a. There's going to have to be a lot of retention on that contract uh, in order to really move him. And then obviously, you know, he has to tell, is it an, is it a full no trade? Yes, it is. Yeah. So he has to tell the team where he wants to go and when he wants to go there. But um, you know, yeah, the Islanders got have Bo Horvat. So that's huge to help uh, with the missing Barzal. It doesn't sound like he's coming back before the playoffs if they make the playoffs. So that's definitely an interesting blow to this Islanders team. Uh, how do you think this uh, affects them moving forward, Matt? I still think they'd probably make it. I mean, if you look at it, it's like, I mean, I, I truly don't believe Pittsburgh or Washington's making the playoffs. So that those are two teams I just, they're going to fall off. Um, You look at the, who's holding it. Like you see, you got, yeah, the Islanders first wild card, Florida second wild card, obviously Pittsburgh and Washington just out of it. But then you got, you know, like your Buffaloes, Detroits, Ottawa's. Like, Ottawa's been hot. I mean, but they're still, you know, they're down there, so. Yeah, I mean, it's I especially think, in I, the wild card. I think for, it's probably Islanders-Panthers is your two wild card spots. I would love for Buffalo to get hot and sneak in there. I would just love it so That'd much. That'd be wild. That'd be so fun. Um. Yeah, I agree with you, Matt. I do think that the Islanders and the Panthers really, this is their spots to lose in this wild card race. I believe they're the two better teams in this wild card race. And that's no offense to Washington or Pittsburgh. It's just that's a case of Washington and Pittsburgh lineups that are older now. The, those used to be legendary teams, both cup winners, both have legendary talents in Alexander Ovechkin and City Crosby. All those Unfortunately, it's not 2012 anymore. All those Penguin fans praising Ron Hexall for picking up Jeff Carter. Now they want to effing strangle him for picking up Jeff Carter. Look, it's the most Philadelphia Flyer thing to do. Be put in Penguin's front office and kill them from the inside. Long live Ron Hextall. Long live. Um, But, you know, like, it's not 2012 anymore. Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby aren't that young anymore. And honestly, they both kept running back the same core over and over and over again. And now they're on the outside looking in. Obviously, they're not too far away from the wild card, right? They are still in the mix of things. But they are clearly not the same teams that they used to be. And it's clearly about time that you start thinking about what are we going to do with this core? And now the Penguins have really, you know, shackled themselves, re-signing Latang and Malkin, you know? Washington's going to eternally keep Alexander Ovechkin because why the fuck wouldn't you? Um, but, you know, they're just not the same teams that they used to be. So I, I agree with you, Matt. I think that this is a Islanders-Florida situation, um, and it's this, their spots to lose at this rate. Uh, but, Adam, what do you think about the Islanders uh, obviously losing one of their best goal scorers and one of their highest talents, but they do have Bo Horvat uh, to kind of hopefully replace that in the lineup there? It's a... Uh... It's going to be interesting. I think with uh, the Penguins and the Caps kind of starting to fall off that there is that door open. I don't think they go out and get Kane. I feel like if that news is broken, the deal's already been pulled. No way in Lou. Because that's just how Lou is. If there's a leak, 
he plugs it up and then forgets about it. Uh, I, I feel like that's why the Bo Horvat trade kind of shocked everyone because nobody knew the Islanders were in on Bell. Mm-hmm. And he, there he is. So is Lou done? I don't know. With Barzell being out, I could see him going out and getting somebody. I'm looking at Ivan Barbashev out of St. Louis because it sounds like they're looking to move uh, Barbie a little bit. So we'll see that will plug a center hole, and I think that could be a really good fit for the Islanders. But with the Penguins and the uh, the Capitals falling off, I think there is room for the Islanders to maybe make one more swing and get back into the playoff picture. Yeah, and even if it's not Kane, it could be somebody else. You know, there's still a lot of good talent out there mm-hmm. on the trade market. If you want to look at the same team, go get Max Domi. You know, like that's you want to you want to fill a Matt Barzal sized hole. Max Domi is the guy to do it. Uh, with you know how talented he is. Um, yeah, I didn't intend to talk about the Penguins in Washington here in this in this portion, but we're gonna talk about them anyways. Damn it, because they were brought up. Um, <laughs> Pittsburgh, four, five, and one in their last ten. Washington, 3-7-0 in their last 10. Look. Pittsburgh losing in, like, like, like losing leads. Like, other yeah. team coming from behind. They're losing, goals. losing. You know? Right, yeah. They're losing in the – they're losing – they're grabbing defeat out of the jaws of victory in incredible fashion there in Pittsburgh. Look, I've been saying it. I'm going to not stop saying it. These are not the teams they used to be. And it is finally showing – um, you know, usually this is the time when these two teams, after the All-Star break, even if they went limping into the All-Star break, this is when they start catching fire, when they start doing their classic Washington and Pittsburgh bullshit and, and finding themselves in the top of the East and in the playoffs. Here they are beneath the wild card, and the, the, I think this is just evidence that they're older cores and they're not able to get it done as much as they were able to in the past. And like I said, Pittsburgh is shackled to these bad deals. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's not looking pretty. Um, but that'll be interesting to see if they attempt to acquire something in the trade deadline to boost their chances of making a playoff push here at the end. Um, but to keep moving forward, Adam, I believe you have a segment for us. I do. I do. Um, so at five in the morning, or I shouldn't say at five in the morning, I had this idea. I've had this idea for a little bit. I just executed on it at five in the morning last night, uh, or I guess this morning, if you will, where you no I put together what's going on. You have just absolutely no idea what's going on. You're I like, have every last idea night this morning. Don't I, I don't even know what's well, noon this, time. This, what do you do at true. noon time? Matt. I'm still asleep at noon time, unless it's today. <laughs> Today's the only day I got up at noon. God bless you, um, Adam. Listen, man, I, I'm living, and that's all that matters. Hey. <laughs> I've had this idea for a little bit where I wanted to put some trades together, present them to the boys, and they tell me deal or no deal. Like the hit TV show that had Howie Mandel on it, um, just without any real money stakes or anything like that. Um, If there's any counter moves you'd like to make, I'm open to hear them. Um, But these were some of the deals that I came up with. And I'm going to start easy and we'll kind of move around my list as I see fit. So, we'll start with the Los Angeles Kings trading a 2023 second and a 2023 third to Arizona for Jacob Chicker. Deal or no deal? Deal. Deal, 100%. 
Yeah, probably deal. I mean, Jacob Trickerin's probably at the top of that board trade board, so it's like Personally, I think that's partially a steal. You don't have to send it any players be. to get to, to get that and like there's not a first involved in there at all. I always think he's been sitting for a little bit. I, I don't know. I feel like Arizona has lost all kind of leverage in this because isn't Chickren also like one year out? Like yeah. he's on the last year of his deal. Yeah. So uh, that just seemed to be it. Plus, it sounded like the Kings were basically the shoe in for him. Um. So it'll be interesting to see because it sounds like Boston's out. And speaking of Boston, since we both, we have two deals, we'll move away from that. And Boston. We'll trade Craig Smith, a 2023 first and third, to the Columbus Blue Jackets for Vladislav Gavrikov, who will have to retain 50%. Boys, deal or no deal? Who that I'm 50% going, retention. I'm going no deal. I'm going yeah. no deal. I think Boston, they like, they're kind of in like the weird position. Like, like them and the Devils, I don't believe are going to make any moves. Mainly, I don't think the Devils are going to make any moves because they, they like they know what the, their team is, what it is, and they know like in the future they're going to get some pieces that's like they're going to make better in their system. But Boston, it's like this is the last ride. Like they, this is the team. Like they don't, they they shouldn't tamper with it because they've been the best team in the league all year. So it's like this is it. So I'm I'm saying no deal. Yeah, I think I'm going to say no deal in agreement with Matt. I think Boston is kind of in the situation where they're like, you know what, know what? We only lost eight games in regulation this year. I'm okay. We're good with where we are. Yeah. And that's a shout-out to Bruin16 on Cap Friendly for that deal. I didn't come up with that myself. Uh, so I figured I'd give him a shout-out if he just so happens to be listening to this. Thank you for that trade via Cap Friendly. Uh, but now for one that I threw together, we talked about it. Timo to the St. Louis Blues. The Blues will trade Ivan Barbashev, a 20, Toronto's 2023 first, and a conditional 2024 second, which will convert to the 2024 first if Timo re-signs with St. Louis. So for clarification, it is Ivan Barbashev, a 2023 first that belongs to, to Toronto, and a conditional 2024 second that could become a first should Timo resign? Boys, deal or no deal? Oh, let me see how old Ivan Barbashev is. I'm um, gonna say deal because yeah, it I'm seems deal. like St. Louis just if they do want to get Timo Myers, they want to make him like the next face and the next the leader of the team. I'm not I'm not necessarily like put the C on him, but be the guy that's going to lead the charge to through the future years to come. I'd say yeah, I I wouldn't make that deal. Yeah, I'm saying deal on that. I think that benefits both teams, and it's kind of exactly what both teams are looking for. Like, is are the Sharks looking for somebody to completely replace the talent level of Timmy Meyer? No. But having a guy come in that's about the same age, Barbashev is 27, Meyer's 26, is fine. They get draft capital, which is what they wanted for Timu anyways. And then now St. Louis, instead of rebuilding, looks more like they're retooling by bringing in a talent like that. So I think that benefits both teams to the maximum of what they were both hoping to to gather out of a deal. Yeah, I when I put that deal together, I could actually see it happening to some degree. Um, if Greer wants to get draft picks, this is one way to do it. And plus, like Bing said, you replace Timo with Barbashev. 
who, if I'm not mistaken, plays center, and I really think uh, San Jose needs centers. Um, working off of Couture and Hurdle, which is fine, but you still need a third and a fourth line center. Right. And, you know, um, I think I think that's where um, St. Louis really benefits from this deal because they, they moved O'Reilly, and now there's this hole in their lineup that Tegu Meyer could very much fill. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and plus, too, I've heard um, it seems like St. Louis might be trying to build around a Robert Thompson, Jordan Cairo window. Um, and Timo Meyer, I think, would fit really well in that window. So I think it's a win-win on all accounts. So uh, we have 100%. we have a, a deal. I believe, if I remember correctly, this would go through. Uh, I didn't test it again. I was about to, but I feel like it's more fun to just throw it out there. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights trade William Carrier, Brendan Brisson, a 2023 first and a 2024 second for Patty Kane. Deal or no deal? Run me through the first half of that one. William Carrier, yeah. Brandon Brisson, a 2023 first and a 2024 second. I'm saying no deal. I think Patty Kane's going to get stuck in this uh this uh twilight zone. That's that's what I was thinking of. This twilight we're, zone. We're just we're just going to we're just going to call the on <laughs> Chicago the twilight zone. <laughs> that, like that's it. really funny. It tracks to me. Uh I'm saying deal. Uh specifically Ooh. because I think Patrick Kane's in a spot where he'll do anything to get out of there. And if you're going to go somewhere, might as well go to a contender, you know. Yeah, uh, that it it makes sense. I could see him waving to go to Vegas too. Yeah. Um and, you know, we were already talking about it. Vegas loves making as big of a splash as possible. What bigger splash than former dynasty Stanley Cup champion Patrick Kane? They also love trading away established players in their organization, William Carey. Love doing and and former first round picks, Brandon Brisson. Yeah. They they don't they don't like keeping any of these guys. No, so they just hate send it. them away. Uh <laughs> they hate it so much. On. Shout out to uh Daily Dose Hockey, which is actually the inspiration for the deal or no deal on Instagram for this one. Boys. Your Philadelphia Flyers are trading Kevin Hayes. And they're sending him to Minnesota for Matt Dumba and a second. Deal or no deal? Deal. Fucking blast it. Deal. 100%. I don't even think twice about it. I'm going to say no deal. Oh, I my think, God. I think what Kevin Hayes has been <laughs> – I think what Kevin Hayes has been – unless Kevin Hayes wants out of here and then – Everyone wants out of here. Not everybody. Oh, who, give me one guy who wants to stay in the city right now. Let's say Travis Konechny. Oh, come on. Nick Delorier. Scott Lawton. Nick Delorier would love to stay. I'm not going to lie. Nick Delorier probably really wants to stay. <laughs> I only said his name because I hear Jeff bitch about him all the time. <laughs> I love being some Nick Delorier, man. That man will fight anything with a heartbeat. It's funny as hell. And the way this this team's looking, like they're a young team looking to probably get younger, having him it makes – Things a lot easier. Kevin Hayes? Yeah. No, Nick Delorier. But Kevin Hayes, I just think like, you know, there's two years left on his deal. Like he still brings a real, real offensive presence, you know, that has been lacking for a short offensive 
spurt time. I think he's a good locker room guy. I, I would just ride out his contract. Here's here's why the Matt Dumba deal makes sense, right? If there's one thing the Flyers need desperately, it's defensemen. Defensemen who can defend. Yeah, but they also got some guys in their farm system pool that they have eyes on. Like, you know, Ronnie Adderd was an AHL All-Star. You know, they believe he could be a piece. You know, Igor Zamula saw some time up here. They could be they believe he could be a piece. Right, you but know? would you rather have a bridge to that gap in Matt Dumba or have Kevin Hayes here doing basically nothing for another two years? Yeah, but Matt Dumba has had his problems with Minnesota too. So is it really that much of a bridge gap? At least you have somebody more serviceable than Justin Braun going in there every night, yeah. you know? True. I can say Braun that. hasn't been in there every night, but right. But you have someone maybe even more serviceable than Ristol. Actually, Ristolainen's been playing really good recently. Um, I'm still not sold that Sandheim's not about to get traded. Uh, yeah, they scratch. him. They healthy scratched him in his hometown. You know that was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah, um, I I couldn't come together with a Flyers deal, unfortunately. So I had to throw that one in. No, uh, um, give you some. Of the I say no deal. I just think like I mean like. I'm, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't know what the true situation of everyone standing would want to be, uh. But I, I, just, I would ride out the deals, man. They're, you can just like you can really just you know take a hammer to your knee, just trying to think, fix something, and just all you just need to do is just ride it out, and then it'll fix itself. Ride out what the contract, and then you. But why? We have all of this money being wasted in players that aren't going to help. Let him walk. Like, I'm just, I don't know. Why let him walk when you can get value back? I mean, how much value you getting back? Uh, uh, Better than nothing. Matt, don't buy in a second. According to this deal or no deal. (laughs) Yeah, there was no specification on the second. So, you know. Look, I'm, I'm, and I'm also Kevin Hayes of... is a no has a no trade clause, so he would need to move that. Right. And that is true. Stay to the Flyers where he wants to go. My current stance on the Flyers is sell everyone worth value except for Carter Hart and Sam Harrison. Keep the goaltenders because you have a good goaltending duo and that can take you far. The rest of them, see you Whatever. later. Fair enough. See what happens. It's just it's... two more boys. We got two right. more. Yep. Going back to a Patty Kane deal, the Stars will trade Dennis Gurianov, a 2023 second, their own second, and a conditional 2024 second that will become a first if Dallas wins the cup for Patty Kane. So that's Gurianov, a second, and a with, conditional second. Can you Patty do that Kane. with con- conditionals if you win the championship? Can I'm that pretty be- sure it's been done. Bro. Yeah, I think it has been done before. I've definitely seen say, if they say hit again one X more round. Time. Say one more time. So it's Dennis Gurianov for money reasons. Mm-hmm. A 2023 second and a conditional 2024 second, which would upgrade to the 2024 first if Dallas wins the cup this year. If I'm Dallas, this is a this is deal city. If I'm Chicago, I gotta deny this because you are getting fa least in Not this deal. Yet. Yeah, nothing. So yeah, I mean, I'd say no deal. It's too lopsided. Way too lopsided. I'm not gonna 
I kind of agreed, but that was the only way I could get Patty Kane on the Dallas Stars. That's Screw crazy. Cat friendly. That's crazy. Like I didn't see anything that made sense to me to throw in there just to make the money work. And that's uh, that was with I think fifty percent retained on um Chicago's end. I, I think really that was the only that, way I could get I really think that you could have gone with 2023 second, 2024 second, 2024 third, mm. no conditions, and get Patrick Kane. That's fair. I actually don't like – I would actually – I don't know if I would take that deal, but I would heavily consider it. I understand wanting to offload Guriano for contract issues. He's not playing well. It has not looked pretty. Um, but I feel like that – I think Chicago would be more willing if it was just all picks. Well, it was literally just so the money worked because I think even at fifty percent retained, Dallas can't hold the contract. Yeah. So unless yeah. I threw a third team in there, which that's a whole thing on cap friendly, I didn't want to get into. Um, Is there so, something yeah. on cap friendly that helps you fake an injury so that they can put somebody on LTIR? Uh, no, but there is an LTIR option that you can actually, no, there is an option to fake an injury. I forgot. There's a, um, a drop down menu that you could put somebody on LTIR if you wanted. You gotta love cap friendly getting in on the bit. You gotta love a good bit. You know, I'm pretty sure that there, that is an option. That's um, they also have the option where I could set it for the trade deadline and it opens the cap floor up a little bit to make deals go through. Um, so that was fun. But lastly, I have to do it. The Oilers will trade Jesse Puglia-Harvey, Brendan Kulak, a 2023 first, second, and conditional 2024 second, which would become a first if the Oilers make the Western Conference Final for 50% of Eric Carlson. I got a deal. Yeah, I'm going to have to say deal on that one. I, I, just, I, want think... see, I just want to see the Sharks get loaded with <laughs> yeah, this will this will be huge for San Jose. Um, I do think the Oilers get kind of fleeced in this. They do get one hell of a defenseman, but that's a lot to send over for one guy. Um, but hey, we've seen it before. It's not like that's an impossible deal to have happen. Um, but yeah, that would be a great deal for San Jose. So if I'm San Jose, I say deal. If I'm if I'm Edmonton, I probably try to send one less thing. What was the other deal? Hold on one second. Because there was another Edmonton Carlson deal that I saw that I was like, that I would say no deal to that if I'm Edmonton all day. Um, it's uh 30% of Eric Carlson to Edmonton for Tyson Berry, Kyler Yamamoto, Xavier Bogart, and a first round pick. Dear Lord. If, I, if I'm Edmonton, I say no deal for Kyler Yamamoto alone. Yeah, a hundred percent. Maybe okay. Well, since we're here, if we flip Kaylor Yamamoto for Puglia Harvey, because I'm going to assume Barry's going out for contractors, right? Like I'm just assuming that Bogart would be your your prospect. Puglia Harvey would be your replacement for Timo, who's obviously going, and you get your first, which I feel like has to be included for Eric Carlson. Right. So the re- revised deal, just so everyone's clear, Tyson Barry. Jesse Puglia Harvey, Xavier Bogart, and a unassigned first round pick. I'm going to assume 2023. That's a solid assumption. Um I still say, I mean, if I'm the Sharks, I say deal. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, if uh, I'm the Sharks, I say deal 100 percent Uh I really think that this is a this is a Edmonton side maybe needs a reworking here. Yeah, I don't know. 
Hey, but you know what? I liked most of what you had working there, buddy. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. Thank you. Um, uh, shout, shout out once again to Daily Dose Hockey and uh, Ho- Hockey Talk Daily for the uh, A for the idea and B for that last Eric Carlson deal because that's where those all came from. So shout out to them on Instagram. Check them out because I think they were one of – if they're not following us, I'd be surprised. I feel like they were one of our early followers, and I don't even know if they listen to us. Well, I hope they do because, you know, I hope so they're too, providing some good cool. content for the pod here. Uh, well, all right, boys. Unless you have any other NHL news, that's gonna do it. Boys, I uh, wanted to say because um, last night the uh, NHL social media post made a uh, post that um Spencer Knight, the goaltender of the Florida Panthers, uh, recently made a mask that was designed by uh children at the local uh children hospital, children hospital. And I saw it's that actually. Not bad. It's a pretty good looking mask. Is that the Carter Hart ha- one? Maybe. No, it's uh Spencer Knight. Spencer Knight. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's I thought we were talking about the wives' charity uh mask. Um no, no it's Spencer a pretty Knight. damn good mask. Yeah. Spencer Knight uh had a couple of kids from their local children's hospital in South Florida make them a ma- make him a mask. And it's not bad. Like it's, I think it blends in well. You know, it's got a white base. It's a lot of uh, coloring and uh, not bad coloring. You know, it's good. Uh, didn't whole... you wear that at the uh, All Star game? I don't know. I think I just wore it last game. Maybe, but uh, I I heard about it previously and then saw it. But we, um, like you, you said, know, last we, game. Brian, you know, we love goaltenders on here, and you know, love tennis. Yeah. Love when love, uh, love when you know goaltenders can do the little extra that just make a good uh make a good feeling you know yeah according to uh the florida panthers account here um or the uh the yard the yard barker whatever whatever this is uh, <laughs> i love that i believe yard it's a, barker. i believe it's a uh a, a paper down in florida but uh it was from the let's see if i can get the name here yes it was from the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Um, apparently, it was Spencer's idea. And looking at the mask, it is obviously it's like the stuff's drawn on there from kids. But like, I agree with you, Matt. There's good coloring in there. I like yeah, the white yeah. base. Um, it's got some good stuff on that mask, man. That's a solid mask. Uh, yeah, nice. I, I like the picture I saw. Um, I do have two things. Um, well, really, yeah, no, it's two. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly has already scored his. First two goals as a leaf in 37 Jeez. seconds. It took him 37 seconds in today's game when you're listening to this. Uh, Buffalo Tuesday's just game. plays that river hockey, man. They got some offensive talent, but they just let up too many great opportunities. I, I don't think they got it. <laughs> former um, Buffalo Saber Ryan O'Reilly yeah, former scores twice former against Buffalo his Saber old team. Just smacks Love the shit out of him. It's like bang. Yes. And then also, go ahead. I, I think that I think that's my favorite part about watching Buffalo, but then obviously it will be their downfall. Um, right, but they're so fun to watch. Fuck, I love Tej. And then also the, uh, the rumor that, that that whole Buffalo squad is solid right now. I do think they need one more piece. Um, but the last bit of news, uh, apparently, it's sounding like MetLife Stadium could receive the 2024 Stadium Series with oh. New Jersey involved as one of the two teams. What a shitty place. I do not like that stadium. Not like, Man, yeah. I've been to two oh. WrestleManias there. It's great. I've I been to I've been to multiple football games there now and Well, that's your first mistake. 
unimpressed entirely. That was your first mistake. Unimpressed. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, probably be a cool spot for it. They've done a bunch of stuff there before. Obviously, WrestleMania. Uh, I've seen some college football games happen there. They've obviously done a bunch of different stuff. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just not a fan of that uh, that track. Not big on it, man. I it's feel like uh, you're just uh, biased. I feel like they should go back to Yankee Stadium. Like, what? What's wrong with that? I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. wrong with that? Don't get me wrong. Yankee Stadium isn't that great of a baseball ballpark, but heck, play hockey there. We'll make it better. Yeah, you know, I agree with you, Matt. I agree with maybe you. Maybe it wasn't available. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just here to report <laughs> the news. All right. Uh, all right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for listening. You guys rock. The fact that you guys come back week in and week out and listen to our content always shocks us. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Go ahead and follow <laughs> us on our socials at OTPP Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. After you hit follow, go ahead and hit the link in the bios and go to our merch store. We got all the stuff that you're going to need for the rest of the winter, the coming spring. We got everything that you're going to need on that store. Uh, Adam, go ahead and plug the Twitch. Twitch.tv slash on the power play. It's been a little dormant because I've been busy as shit with life, uh, but we're getting there. Uh, Seattle Kraken, People's GM, uh, the People's Hockey League could make a return soon, all that and more. All the VODs are still there so you can catch up and see what we're all about at twitch.tv slash on the power play. Subscribe, follow, enjoy. And remember, uh, even if you miss when he goes live, there is always video on demand, so you can watch it after the fact. It's always good stuff. He does really great stuff there on the Twitch. He also does really great stuff on our socials, so go follow those, please. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we out!